Well, he's one of the most famous Wallabies of all time. 80 test matches for that team and, of course, a former captain as well. Right now, he's doing really good things in the world of tech, especially associated with sport. He's a partner at XV Capital. I'm talking about uh, Sterling Mortlock AM, who joins me on the line. G'day, Sterlo. Jimmy, great to be here, mate. How are you? Yeah, really well, really well. Uh, now, you know that we've got to talk a bit of rugby before we start talking about Coach Matt, uh, mate. So, <laughs> exactly. So let's get into it. Give me your assessment of, it seems everyone's had their assessment. Why don't we get the assessment of a former Wallaby captain of the failed campaign of the Wallabies at the most recent Rugby World Cup? Yeah, look, it, it's very disappointing. And I think uh, all the fans and supporters out there, not to mention everyone who went across over there to France, uh, I'd say, firstly, anyone who did that, they'd come back and say it was a phenomenal World Cup. Everything about the Rugby World Cup in France was just amazing, except how the Wallabies performed. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think really disappointing um, from from anyone, and I, I'm certainly in that, in that boat. I think from my perspective, what what the mistake was, was categorically doing a rebuild in the year of a World Cup campaign. And if you think about it from, you know... Uh, other sports in this region, you know, NRL clubs or AFL teams, typically any any time you do a rebuild, it takes years. Doesn't mm. take doesn't take games. And unfortunately, um, you know, Eddie Eddie and the coaching staff went for that option. I, I actually understand the logic behind that. And Eddie said at the time, we're at a position where doing the same thing is almost the definition of insanity. We're going to get the same result. We're going to be underperforming. So let's bite the bullet and do this. So I get the why. Yep. It's just it's just that timing was against us, and we were hoping. I was hoping, um, you know, even out there over in France at the Wales game, um, but uh, but that's 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 what happens when you pick a, a a green team, in particular when you pick a team that combinations and cohesions was extremely low yep. in a World Cup, right? And World Cups historically are won with teams that have great combinations and great cohesion. And that was the case again. The South African team was extremely high in that regard. Do we apportion blame where? Now, we know that Eddie's taken off. We don't know where he's going to land. We know that there were certain uh, provisions within his contract that weren't met by Rugby Australia. We know that uh, Eddie selected that side, as you suggested. Where where do we apportion blame? Or, or do we not worry about it, Sterlo, and say, right, let's start again? Look, I, I think the latter, mate. I think... You know, Eddie's fallen on his sword to, to a certain degree. Um, and, and I think from my perspective, it's more about um, alignment of the whole entire system and ecosystem to get the best outcome for Australian rugby. And that's both, uh, we're talking Wallabies now, but also Wallaroos, right? So yep. it's, there's a lot of stakeholders in the ecosystem that are, that are all, uh, you know, somewhat uh, annoyed and, and, and uh you know, think that they, they can do a better job and everything else. But at the rally, what, what needs to happen right now is that all stakeholders need an opportunity to get in the room together and have their say and, and really get aligned. Um, and that's from a high-performance um, methodology all the way down to the community game. Um, for, for me, that's really critical. And if I look at the Wallabies, what I'd love to see is whoever takes over the helm of, of coaching this team there needs to be an opportunity to a have some continuity of the core of that team that, that that went through the pain of that World Cup, right? But you need to have a really good review of that, and the only way to do that is have most of those guys in that room when they resume the season uh, next year. So, otherwise, that whole year is a total write-off, right? 
the best thing that you can have when you take these, when you have these setbacks and suffer defeats and losses is actually to go through the review process and ever, everyone be accountable to each other to make sure that we don't go down that path again. And we learn from that, right? If we don't have that continuity with, with the playing group and that opportunity to, to review that, we're not going to get an uptick straight away. Um, so that's my first one. And then obviously, as I've already, already said, we need to get alignment in the whole entire uh, ecosystem, which, which is easier said than done, mate. Yeah. Well, that brings me to the next point. Rugby Australia have looked at the centralised model. The Waratahs are on board for all sorts of different reasons. You're a proud former Brumby, a super rugby winning uh, Brumby. They don't seem to be as keen, nor do Queensland. Is a centralised model the way forward in your mind? I think centralisation from high performance makes a whole lot of sense, right? Um, however, in order to do that, like, and, and you, as you said, um, I had 13 amazing seasons at the Brums. I'd like to think that the Brumbies have been the leader of, of rugby in Australia in the professional era as far as yeah. high-performance methodology, high-performance system, systemization and development. Um, therefore, you would imagine that the Brumbies will be, will be central in, in far, as far as that strategy and conversations around how that happens and how that looks. And I think that's, that's, the, that's the main thing that needs to happen, right? That, yeah. that, 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 and I guess that's what I was referring to before, that the key stakeholders need to be engaged into what that looks like. And, and, and having said that, I know that's, that's taking place now, right? But there's, you know, there's just been so much on, uh, on the administration's plate, in particular, Warry's plate. You know, he's, he's been in, in that role for, I don't know, it's just before the World Cup, really. So it can't be more than, uh, four or five months, definitely not six months. So, I know Warry is going to be going around to all the members, members, member unions in the states and, and having conversations, but that needs to happen, um, and there needs to be buying and, and clarity on what the, on how that centralisation. It's, it's not really centralisation, but that's a, that's the easiest way to describe it. How that looks and how yeah. it operates. Uh, rugby league players, the answer. I know you've had experience with that as well. Joseph Akuso Swalihi coming in twenty twenty five, just in time for the British and Irish Lions. Do you see that a, con- a continuation of that? Because that was very eddy, I would suggest. Well, mate, yeah, we've had discussions about this pr- previously, and, and uh, Joseph's an interesting one. And I guess there's a lot of other great league players who are in that bucket that they actually played a lot of rugby as our junior. And yep. then at one stage, where they were under 16, it was certainly before they left school, they were they were identified by league and, and and helped to do a smooth transition into league and bang their playing first grade, you know, within a year or two. And Joseph, it was straight away, like because he's that that much of a freak, right? But that's that's not always the case. He's probably the exception, not the norm. Typically, there is a is a it's an introduction and, a, and a, a slow build up by the time they're playing, you know, first grade within a few years' time. That's more my concern that we've, as rugby in this country, we just need to make sure that any of our young players that play, that we have a better methodology and, and I guess, pathways and mm. that centralization is part of this probably solution that we, that we, um, don't make it as easy for them to go to other codes. Now, that's always going to happen, mate. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's probably the, the modern era has taught us that a lot of these amazing athletes, they play with multiple codes and they can do it easily. Um, or at least, uh, yeah, they can do it easier than what certainly <laughs> back in back in our day, mate. Yeah. But um, our retention is more important than that, right? So instead of paying the rumored one point six, you know, we're paying sort of I don't know a couple hundred grand when when they come through school after yeah. school, and then and then 
hopefully by then they've proved their value as opposed to, um, you know, an inflated valuation. Yeah. Speaking of value, it's a nice segue into what XP Capital are doing with Coachmate. So uh, already working with a number of organisations over in New Zealand, uh, now about to launch with Golf Australia. Give us a background of what Coachmate does. Yeah, sure, mate. Yeah, Coachmate is, is an amazing business. You know, the founders, both Kiwis, uh, Michelle Walsh and Lee Kenyon, uh, and, and I guess in particular, Michelle being a mother of sporting kids, just felt like the resources and the and the tools available to her and her wider group to helping the kids to have a great outcome just weren't there. And she had a, has an agency background and in particular creating content, um, you know, working with Adidas and some of the biggest brands globally. Um, I, I think they actually did uh, Richie McCaw's Good to Great doco, doco right. which I didn't like watching to be honest, but, but, but they certainly, but so I guess on the content creation and knowing what works, they, they've got that down pat. So what they've created is a dynamic personalized coaching app, you know, that focuses on providing any volunteer with all the tools and skills to deliver great experiences to kids every time. And if you look at that from a problem pain point of all sports, uh, a big issue is churn and dropout rates of, of boys and girls in sports. Yep. And one of the number one factors that they've cited and why they dropped out is that experience, you know, not enjoying it, but more importantly, a, a poor coaching experience. And so what Coachmate does fully systemizes the whole entire ecosystem to create all the tools and, and resources for a coach that create a great outcome for the kids, which in turn helps them retain, you know, stay in sport. And that's a great outcome for everyone. Yeah. So three rules for the any team that I coach, the Camden Red under nine team this year was uh, you had to become more skillful. Yeah. You had to enjoy yourself. Bang. And, yeah. And and the biggest thing I had to do was make sure you came back the next year um, to play. So um, what about it, once we get to that? And so those conversations that coaches have, what about, you know, sometimes you turn up, you've been at work, you're thinking, oh, here, here we go. What am I going to do? I know I'll do what I did last week. Uh, does it offer any any assistance from that point of view? Yeah, exactly, mate. So that's it takes out all the guesswork. So it's when I say it's a dynamic personalized coaching app, I actually mean that. So if you enter in, you're the under, under nines coach, then you'll enter in, you know, your kids and in particular, how many kids, uh, what their level is. So are they beginner? Are they intermediate or are they advanced? And then, then you put in the training sessions. So you might have two training sessions each week, even the time frame, 60 minutes, 45 minutes, entering that in, then automatically it will bring up a full coaching season plan. And wow. each, each session plan will have the drills that you're wanting to do. It'll even talk about me- mental skills and different different tips to engage with the kids on different issues that you as a coach might get that you, as a parent certainly don't think about at all. Um, and, and even down to those drills, it'll have a minute clip and showing what that drill is. So then as a coach, you can actually, rather than rocking up that afternoon and saying, what am I going to do with the kids today? I'll just yeah. do what we did last week. You actually go, right, okay. Kids, tomorrow is Thursday. Here's Thursday's session. I want you to look at these two drills because we're going to do them tomorrow and really engage with, you know, through the app. You can, there's, there's a communication um, tool as well. So you can talk to the kids and everything else. And actually, what's been great with the onboarding and the New Zealand experience. So, you know, football and basketball. And as you said, golf over there with the football and basketball experience, the amount of click through and watching the whole entire um, 
footage and the drills has been really, really, really high. So the engagement has been phenomenal. And that's because it's been done in such a way that it creates a great experience for the coach, but more importantly, really, really, really good content in a really simple, digestible manner. Uh, okay, so we've got right now listening to this program all these coaches, mums and dads who go, oh, this sounds great. What sports are we covering off on this at this stage, Sterling? Yeah, that's that's a really good question, mate. So the reality is what we're doing, what Coachman is doing is talking at national governing body level or state governing body level or, or, or pro, pro team level and, and engaging at that, that, at that level to say, do they want to use Coachmate? Because there is an element of creating the content or aggregating the content. So, you know, sports may already have some good YouTube clips, so they want to integrate that into the app. But also a big part of it is actually making sure that that content is relevant. It is reflecting all the modern coaching methodologies and, and systems that that sport wants to do. So, that's, so therefore, it's really important that we talk to the national government body at that level. So right now, basketball in New Zealand, football in New Zealand, and golf in New Zealand, the first cab off the rank in Australia is actually golf in Australia. Right. Um, and that'll be launched in the next month or two. Um, we're right now engaging with Dollar with at national government body level to say, hey, is Coachmate something that we, we you guys are really interested in? And as soon as we do that and have a deal with them, then effectively we create the content and launch it publicly then. Then it's free for everyone to download in that sport. But we've got to go through that process with, with those um, bodies at the moment. So, you know, we're pretty busy engaging and having conversations over the next period of time, mate. Uh, no doubt. Uh, well, mate, it sounds fantastic. Literally, I, that is a, a product that I would use uh, for my footy team. Um, and I'm sure that there's plenty of others who are listening right now that think exactly the same thing. Just to let you know, good to great, the Richie McCord doco was watched by the New Zealand Kiwis in the week leading up to their 30 points to nil victory over the Kangaroos. So, <laughs> mate, <laughs> That's good yeah. content out there. She knows her content, mate. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. Yeah, I, I sort of said that tongue in cheek. It, it was a good one. And, you know, I played against him for most of my career. Phenomenal player, phenomenal leader. And unfortunately, most often than not, when I left the field against him, I was uh, wearing a loss. But, um, yeah, no, that, that's why we love it, mate. Because, you know, there's great people doing they're involved with this for the right reasons want to really create great outcomes for the kids and it's done with amazing content behind the scenes sterling mortlock as always great to spend some time with you mate cheers jimmy